0: Hello, this is Matt, Kosey, Mark, Mark Ian, James, Mel, Zach, this is David. This is PSG Token.
1: Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Welcome back to PSG Talking, a PSG podcast brought to you by PSG Talk. I'm Ty, joined by my two brothers, James and John, and today we'll be discussing PSG's recent cup match along with PSG's transfer window, or lack thereof. But um, as always, before we jump into the nitty-gritty, James, welcome back, man. How is the move? How's life? Good to have you back.
2: Hey, man. Everything is good. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Sounding very crispy on the mic right now. <laughs> yes, you are.
0: Uh, yes, sir.
2: Set this game yes, up. Yes, sir. I Radio an
0: voice be, and all that. You
2: know, <laughs> it's like a R&B voice right now, but I'm, I'm glad <laughs> to be here. Ready to talk.
1: Awesome, man. Good to have you back. We missed you last week. John, talk to me, man. How you feeling?
0: Great, man. Great, man. Um, things slow down a little bit. Um, good to be back again with the boys and ready to talk about some footy, man.
1: Yeah man, let's let's jump into you know the transfer deadline did close, um, and you know it was a very very busy window for for PSG for Paris. It's like jack shit, didn't do anything. So um, definitely want to take some time to you know discuss some of the things with you guys. You know I have some bullet points here on on things that you know were done. So we'll kind of go through them and then just take a moment right for the both of you to kind of touch on. What your overall thoughts were. Um, maybe if there was a deal that did fall through um, that you were upset about. Like what was the deal that you were most looking forward to, or was there, you know, a deal that maybe you just heard rumors of but didn't take seriously, but you wanted to see happen, or even a deal that you heard that was happening that you know you were like, please no, you know, save me from this. Do not bring that player here. Um, but a couple bullet points, right? The um, Tangi under them belly transfer fell through. Uh, linked to him for the majority of the transfer window but you know unfortunately we just couldn't get that over the finish line Usman Dembele transfer falls through according to RMC Sports today Barcelona wanted either Cruzawa or Paredes in a swap deal but PSG wanted to include a party and Barcelona just couldn't afford his wages so that caused the deal to fall through obviously not sure how how true that is I personally find it hard to believe that you know Curzawa or Paredes and 20 mil for Dembele is something that you let fall through due to, you know, the insistence of wanting to include a cardi in the deal. Newcastle apparently made an approach for Wijnaldum, but that was rejected by both PSG and the player. And then one thing that I, I found really interesting, I know last week, you know, uh, me and John spoke about the the Dagba situation, and apparently, Venezia um, or Venezia from Italy, Syria had made an approach, and that was rejected by Leonardo. Dagba wanted to go, or was at least interested in the move. As we also spoke about um, Eric Dina Bimbe, right? Uh, he had a potential loan situation that was getting ready to go over the line with um, Leverkusen. That fell through due to. It seems like PSG kind of overplaying their hand and wanting to push for a higher option fee or a higher buy fee on that option within, the, within the, uh, the loan agreement that fell through, but he was able to find another destination, or at least apparently was, within the last couple of hours, he was supposed to go to Troyes, but it looks like he was supposed to sign his new deal upon being within the PSG facilities late last night, he went to sign his deal and then refused to sign his deal believing that the contract did not correspond with the verbal agreements he had in place with Leonardo and some of the other hierarchy and apparently didn't sign the deal and didn't end up going to Twa. So another player that, you know, situation situation um, or just a mess right in the front office, whether it's Leo or other individuals or setting false expectations, um, the inability to just get some of these youth players out the door to, you know, situations where they're going to be able to play more um, fell through. So. John, um, with you first, man. Just what is your overall take on, on PSG's transfer window um, and the lack of, you know, the ability to thin the squad and actually bring players that potentially could have helped uh, our situation going into, you know, the later stages of the the knockout rounds?
0: Yeah, definitely an an um, underwhelming transfer window to say the least. Uh, just given just given the targets that were rumored to be coming over to Paris, uh, in the, in the rumor mill or whatever. But I, I'd also would like to, you know, to add the, the caveat of the, of the particular players, uh, like Ousmane Dembele, who is going to be on a, on a free transfer. Like he's going to be for free in the summer. So I think that one makes sense to like, yeah, don't, you don't have to rush that situation. Um, And I know Frank Kessier, the Milan midfielder, we spoke about him earlier uh, in the season. But during the, the, you know, in January, his name never came up anywhere. But he's another, you know, prospect where he's going to be free in the summer as well. So it's just like, you know, you don't really have to rush that situation. But for the midfield, I think the Ndombele transfer not going through, that one was a little disappointing. Just given how we need a midfielder, like another midfielder uh, in that rotation, you know, when when we're talking about Varati and his injuries and the and the inconsistencies of of a Paredes and you know the the lack of certain things when you talk about a Herrera not being you know he's been he's he's a workhorse and he's done his job but like I don't know how reliable he can be in a big game and Danilo Pereira you know not a lot of people aren't big on him but. I think he's serviceable, but still, it's it's a position where I thought if nothing else, we would add a midfielder. And if Tanya Ndombele was was available, we should have snatched him up. But for that reason, it fell through. Um, but you know, it it is what it is. I think the most important thing here that I would take from it is again the lack of of of, of just efficiency from Leonardo to be able to lock down these deals. And then on the other side of that to be able to let go or 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 sell off, sell other players, especially the youth players who, who wanna get playtime time uh, other places. Like the fact that the consistent theme in every one of these transfers that fell through was because it, you know, was actually the fact that it fell through, like that, that's a that's a glaring uh, you know, negative. On, on, on the board and, and Leonardo and the people who handle those transfers. It's like, bro, you couldn't get any one of these to go through? Like, that's a bad look. Like, the reason Nasser appointed someone like you is to so he doesn't have to step in and do this shit. And here we are again having to to look at Leonardo. It's like, yo, what are you doing on, on this front in terms of, you know, signing uh, transfers or getting getting players off the books? It's just like it's been a consistent theme of his inability to to do – a big part of the sporting director's job other than just to get on the keep and to get on these French, French uh, channels to talk. And, 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 you know, everybody loves Leonardo, but I think there's, there's some things that we can, you know, be critical of on him. And I don't think it gets spoken about enough. I think it's been spoken of recently given the Pochettino thing, but I've seen, I've seen red flags before, before Pochettino. So I'm not really surprised at some of the things that he hasn't been efficient on, but I think, now it's something that can cost us. Like we might need that extra midfielder. We might we could have used Nembélé in the in the wing and in the Champions League games or later on in the season if we went further. Uh, but particularly in the midfield, like it's it's kind of ridiculous that we weren't able to get anybody. But there's logistics and finances and different things that go into that. Uh, but yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm I think it was underwhelming overall the transfer window and you know the underlying theme was been. Leonardo's ineffectiveness to do his job as a sporting director.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm gonna to go to James next, but, you know, James, one thing I want to add and, and John can come back on this and, you know, provide his, his thoughts, but on top of just the underwhelming transfer window, I do find it interesting uh, and there is like a divide within the PSG fan base. When you look at players like Ndombele, right? And Usman Dembele. Two players that PSG is targeting, and yes, they fell through, and yes, on both players, more so on the Dembele part. Um, Some fans really were against a move like that. Some fans, you know, see money or value for money, which I think is a thing. Um, If you can get someone like him, whether you like him or not, right, high risk, high reward for a player swap like Icardi. But how do you feel about the fact that our transfer window is heavily linked to players that in their current situation or within the sporting you know, football world have been heavily criticized for their attitude and lack of effort and, um, you know, inability to be consistent and in- inability to be team players. I feel like those are two players that are divisive and potentially could have added more problems to PSG's locker room than actually help outside of their naturally gifted talent, because I'm on record of saying, I think um, Usman Dembele is a very talented player when he has the ability to stay on the pitch and, and stay healthy. So just what are your thoughts, not only on the transfer window, but just the profile of the players and, and some of the baggage that comes with them, essentially. Oh, my man, my man got the new mic. Don't work. New mic. Don't work.
2: <laughs> Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Well, take like, like a pause. I was going to have to edit that. That was hilarious. I thought that, that was going to happen too. I was like, this shit is not going to work. I think what happens is it looks like you may unhit it and it may just take a second to, to click over maybe is what
2: it is. Um, yeah. So it's all good.
1: All right, I'll let you, I'll let you go ahead and do your thing.
2: Yeah, I think um it's, it's PSG. There's a bunch of egos and superstars in the locker room. And so I don't think that we shy away from the players that may be quote unquote problematic or have an ego or, you know, bristle or ruffle some feathers in the locker room. Um yeah, you know, I think we've we've had our eye on Paul Pogba for a while, not to say that he's like a bad apple or anything like that. He's one of the best players in the sport. But he has the profile of being someone who is particular. Uh and so that's that's PSG in a nutshell. I think we keep biting ourselves in the foot. Uh, because we take on these players and we think that we can create this harmonious locker room and then we find out that in essence we can't um I, i understand the psg uh fan base having some feelings and sentiments about dembele i i think he's one of those players that can't seem to find his footing um and one would hope that a spell at PSG would, you know, bring bring his character back, or at least allow him to play some meaningful uh, footy. Uh, with the Ndumbale situation, it's it's crazy because like when it fell through, I'm like, man, Leonardo, you have one job, and it's it's been a piece in our team that has been kind of non-existent for a while. You know, that midfielder that um, has that kind of profile and dimension that can play. A full 90 minutes, and I feel like we just keep swapping pieces every single season in the hopes that we can uh, bandage a a midfield together. And it still, you know, has not created the chemistry that we need in order to to progress. Like our midfield is poor, full stop. And the reliance on Varadi is something that, as we've talked about on this podcast, ad nauseum um, to where we realize that we have to move on from him. But it's like we don't get paid millions of dollars to be sporting directors, and we can see the inefficiencies on the pitch. So why is why is Leonardo having such a difficult time uh, figuring this out? And I, I think you know one of the pieces or one of the players that I've I've seen PSG linked to was Adani Vanderbeek um, as well, and he ended up going someplace else um so i don't know what's going on with the uh with the sporting director that we have or why he's having such a difficult time drawing in new pieces obviously the business is is one factor but um, on the other side of that I, it doesn't seem like any of the players want to leave right like paredes is not going anywhere you already know what was said like he's Leonardo will leave before he does. Uh, and so PSG has become a destination for players who just want to sit on the bench, live in Paris, uh, and collect a check. And that's something that has to be figured out. But it's kind of hard. Like, how do you sell players that nobody wants, right? There has to be a buyer for everything you sell. So what is the strategy there? Is it playing these players so that they can get meaningful minutes and attract uh, you know, potential Uh, teams that would want to buy them like what does that look like is it kind of running out their contracts what is it Uh, because we have a full roster of of players that on most occasions don't even see the pitch outside of practice uh and so you know overall i think you guys hit the nail on the head it was a very lackluster transfer window although i didn't necessarily go in thinking that we were going to do anything amazing i thought we maybe would at least offload one player I know Adrissa Gay looked like he was he was ready to to jump back to Everton, but that fell through. So uh, I I wish we would have at least made some kind of move to either clear roster space or to add uh, a meaningful piece that we really needed.
1: Yeah, it's a double edged sword, isn't? Excuse me. Yeah, it's a double edged sword, isn't it? I think. PSG find themselves in an interesting situation because, you know, I've heard a lot of rumors or rumblings that this summer PSG looked to really revamp, right, the the front office and the the inner workings of the club and the sporting project as a whole. Now, whether that means, you know, bringing new individuals in from a coaching and, and sporting director perspective, we talk about like all these players sitting on massive wages. We've heard in the past that this is one of the reasons that players come to Paris, right, is, is to get paid a lot of money, right? You're looking at some of the individuals and the wages they make, you know, versus what they were getting paid in other, you know, institutions, other leagues. I'm curious, John, like your thoughts on if PSG was to truly, you know, revamp things and, and do things the right way, Um, I shouldn't say the right way because I I shouldn't say that the way they've done things in the past is entirely wrong. But if they were to pay more reasonable wages that are in line with other leagues, do you think that that would have an effect on the talent that PSG could attract? Do you think that players would be less opposed to come to PSG and play in France and and League One compared to the Premier League or some of these other institutions? When you look at the roster and you look at Mbappe potentially leaving an aging Messi, an aging Neymar. So I'm wondering if PSG's only, you know, way to get individuals is to overpay, you know, based on on other leagues.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting point to bring up because I look at it in two ways because like okay, if if you <laughs> if, if if we don't win the Champions League or if if we don't have the thing that we are constantly going after, if we don't have that thing, do we have the, the pull, the leverage to try and allure and to, to, to bring in a, a top name player, right? Like obviously we've gotten Messi and Neymar, but those guys are here to try to bring that first trophy. But without that cache, per to and that historic, historical element, like without that, it's hard to really bring in players. The other way I would look at it is I don't think it's, it's a bad thing if, if PSG went the other route Then that way we would know that the people, the players who actually want to come to PSG are actually going to come, like not because they're, they're on huge salaries or, and so I, I think that in, in on a, on a macro level in, a, in the long term aspect, I think it actually would work out better. And that way you can actually build a roster where it's not every year. It's, it's, Champions League a bust. And and that's that's where we're stuck and we're stuck in this little gray area right now from where the project of the QSI thing started where it was like, you know, we're going to win the Champions League within this time frame. And then we we've we've surpassed that time frame. We still don't have a Champions League. But then we've now went into an era where we have three of the best players in the world trying to get said championship or, or said Champions League and it's looking unlikely because we have uh, what it looks like as an incompetent coach in terms of how to to coach this team. So if if PSG went the route of of you know if PSG went the route of of not splurging on players essentially, I think in the long run it would work out better because it would give whoever the manager is leverage in terms of like hey i want this player not because we can get him on a on a a whatever salary on whatever salary this is the player i want because they actually fit into my system that i want to build this is a player that i think that their profile will work with the system that i'm trying to build and i think in the long run it would work ideally but again psg are not an ideal team we're not an ideal entity our situation is not ideal we're trying to win right now so it it's again, it's a double edged sword. But I think, yes, ideally it would be better in that way where, like, again, like, you would know that, hey, if if this player is going to come to Paris, that means they really, really wanted to come here. And not only because we're given a lot of money. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting topic to have. But again, I think it goes back to the foundation and the ambitions of QSI when they came in and it was just Champions League a bust. And that has set the tone now we're we're too deep we're too deep into that thing to try to run it back and say oh now we're not gonna pay players as much when they come here. now nah, you've already set the tone like everybody knows if you come to PSG you get in the bag like it's it's too late to try to run that back you gotta if you want to do that you would have to you know destroy and rebuild you gotta you know get get rid of everybody essentially like in terms of like the, the big names the Neymars and Mbappe's and and the Messi's those guys gotta go so you can really build from the ground up but. Are they willing to do that with this project no they've got too much invested in there right now
1: yeah and we'll get to that because i think you know we do have some things or i have some thoughts on the future of psg you know from a a management perspective but um james what do you think man i see you know james things just got serious james turned the lights off in his room
2: Word. You know, he's about to put his <laughs> hood on, he's got his headphones on and,
1: and when somebody
0: he, about
2: to get when he gets COVID. in this bag, like he's it's a he, dark time. Yeah. <laughs> he's got things to say. Don't forget, he wasn't here
1: last week, you know. It's been a couple of weeks since he's braced the mic with his thoughts, you know what I mean? Man,
2: it's real. a dark time. I think John, everything you said is is hitting the, the nail on the head. Um, the the idea of us rebuilding or at least getting players that truly want to be here and kind of building that team and that culture from the ground up is something that I've wanted to see us do for quite some time. But it is virtually impossible to do both of those things. One, win a Champions League right now, immediately, and build for the future. Um, It's like trying to build a plane as you fly all roads thus far in this project have led to, you know, that, that World Cup in in Qatar and PSG being in a pole position of having a Champions League and all the pageantry and fanfare and all of those things have kind of led to, to that point. So I, I want to see what this team is going to be after this milestone event takes place in Qatar, because I feel like Everything has kind of been leading to that, uh, and that I, I feel like maybe after that point, once they've recouped all of the millions that they've kind of poured into this project, then maybe we'll have an opportunity to, you know, see a sporting program that is thinking about long term and thinking about the future. There's been so many times when we've talked in, you know, intense fashion about. Uh, the youth as it pertains to uh, PSG and why aren't they getting their opportunities? Why aren't they getting their shots? Why are we picking up all of these older players? Why is it this win-now mentality? And we have a lot of answers for that. Uh, But I think the appetite uh, from from the the team on the podcast, obviously, and from the fans overall is, all right, we've... (laughs) We've seen the fanfare. We've seen the stars. We've seen you throw everything but the kitchen sink at this project. We still don't have a Champions League. We still don't have that title, right? We, we've done virtually everything and virtually signed everyone that we could. Like Lionel Messi is playing on this team, and we're concerned about Champions League being paired with Mbappe and Neymar, and we're concerned obviously it's time for something different. And I think we say that every year, but in, in in this case, it's not so much what player can we bring in that's going to automatically change the dynamic of this team. It's more so what does this project look like if we were to blow it up and build from the ground up and have players that fit the profile of a sporting identity long-term. Now, this may be players who are you know, they may not be world class, but they may be in development coming along and they need that four or five year window where they can all gel together, really understand the game, really understand how to play with each other and then execute a game plan to win the Champions League. But so long as it we're in this kind of win now mentality, you can't do both. Right. You cannot build for the future and have uh, Mbappe and Neymar and Messi on these astronomical wages that just it just doesn't work like that. Um And as a result, we're kind of stuck in this limbo, right? Like, we have one of the best players in the world that's going to leave this team on a free, and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, We have one of the best players in the world who, you know, doesn't look like the best player in the world, and he is an icon, a legend. And then, you know, we got another one of the best players in the world who is always injured all the time, right? So there's always these circumstantial problems that occur when it comes to PSG. And it is around this sporting project and this win now mentality. And until we can move beyond that and actually uh, build a project that, you know, not that we need all of our players to come from the youth academy. Like, let's be real. Like, that's not come on. Like, that's not what the sport is today. But players that we can bring into development. Some may be superstars, some not. Talent comes around each other figures out how to play with each other, and then this is a longer-term plan, maybe that's the best course of action uh, moving forward. But but right now, man, it's, it's about as dark as this room I'm sitting in right now.
1: <laughs> I think, you know, hot take, and I was speaking with someone about this the other day, but, you know, first hot take is while Messi is the GOAT, it was a bad signing. Whoa. For, P- for PSG. Whoa. Um and this is just my take. Again, this is nothing against Messi. Scores, I think yeah, I think Messi is a great player um, in his own right. I think from a business standpoint it makes a lot of sense, right? The money you generate in revenue, jersey sales, commercial g- deals, what it does for league um Liga, I think it's good. From a sporting perspective, this is not what this team needed. From a sporting perspective, Messi creates more problems than he provides solutions. And you can see it when you watch the game, right? It's just, or when you you watch the matches, it's another player who, and to be honest, if we're being real, for all the flack and all the shit that people have given Neymar and Mbappe for not tracking back, for not doing certain things, Messi is by far the worst, the worst. I mean, if Messi doesn't have the ball, like, if Messi doesn't score or Messi doesn't provide an assist, he literally is invisible the entire game. Man, they're gonna He's burn invis- this
2: podcast down. Man, this might be no, the last episode. Yeah,
1: it's it's true. It's true. And and Messi, you know what, Messi, I love you, man. He may hit me with a Jamie Carragher type thing. He may jump in my DMs and call me a donkey or, or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. But listen up, if PSG's makeup or other areas of the of the, the pitch were set up to support or sustain this, I'd be all for it. And, and I still am all for it because I, I do truly believe that Messi and Neymar and Mbappe, like, these are three players that can win a game by themselves at any moment, right? Can have a moment of brilliance. We've seen Messi do it in in um, the Champions League for us, you know, whether it was against Man City or, or other teams. So the, the possibility is there. But at the end of the day, what we see is just usually him wandering around Um, still, I think has Messi still, I think he has still to this day, right? One goal in league play, which listen, I'm not, I'm not going to like beat that horse too much because I, I don't necessarily think that that is a fair representation of what he's provided. Um, when you look at what he was brought here for, he scored multiple times in the champions league. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, and you guys can give me your thoughts, you know, if you have any, but I just think he provides more issues, right? You have... Di Maria on the bench you can't definitely can't play all four of them together you know Icardi's not getting playing time I still think this team to maximize what we do have should play with a true number nine um yeah man and and I just think Messi also what we've seen is a player that's been in a system like Barcelona coming from La Masia playing tiki taka and the you know um Cruyff style for so long and under Pep and, and the stylistic play of Barcelona, he struggled to play for Argentina up until recently. And that's a team that he went back to every year for international play. So him finding his way in this system, again, in a team where then you have a coach who is making matters worse, potentially by not playing him in his preferred or best position that is tactical style, doesn't suit the team that we have has, has just made it very, very difficult. So, With all the ingredients combined, I just don't think it was the right signing. Um, With a different coach, different tactical approach, different midfield makeup, I think this could have been a phenomenal signing. Um, A true number nine, you know, I think it could have been ideal. And again, that's not to say, right, I I could, you know, eat what I'm saying essentially and and PSG make a very, very deep run in the Champions League. But I think I'm probably in the majority who would say that I believe – psg's true chances of winning a champions league in my eyes probably are like i could be generous if i said like 25 to 30 percent of like winning the champions league like winning it and i mean like going up against the the, the Bayern munich's the the man cities um and the other teams you know that have this year yeah this year 25 30 is i said i'm being generous being generous Ooh, okay okay <laughs> oh you think you think it's higher or, or no it? no oh, i think it's lower what oh okay okay so yeah 25 30 percent is being generous but and the other take so i'll get your guys take on messi and how he fits in before we jump into um the game against nice another hot topic that i think is going to get a lot of talking once the season's over is Obviously, you can never go back and make a different decision once time has passed, but everyone knows where I'm going. And I had an argument with someone in the Discord. with this is PSG passing on the 180 mil, on the 200 mil, with the way this season has gone, with the way the team has looked, if we lose to Real Madrid, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad because not only did Real save 180 mil to build the team around Mbappe when he goes around a free. They beat us without having Mbappe, knocked us out in the Champions League. So it's a it's a domino effect, right? Loss of money. So not only did you not get the 180 mil, then you lose winnings in the Champions League for all the money you didn't receive. The team has been shambolic. Um, and I honestly had someone in the Discord tell me, oh, but if PSG wins Liga, that counts for something. He was here for this, and he was our best player in the league. And I was like, you know, no disrespect to you, my guy. I respect everyone in the discord. I love the banter and the, and the debate. Mbappe was not kept. We did not pass upon 180 mil for us to win the league and to say, that's a good year. If this team I'm saying right now, they're already out of the cup. If they get knocked out early and Mbappe leaves on a free, heads are going to roll heads are gonna roll so those are my two hot takes real quick before we jump into the game i figured it just made sense so uh john man let me know man let me know
0: look i'm with you bro like i'm really you're not it's a hot take because like on particularly on the first one uh i think it's something that people have been thinking about like they're just not gonna express it because it's messy right he's the goat and but yeah i think structurally like it's And it's not just messy. Again, it goes back to the identity of of this club under the QSI era is we've been going for the big splash rather than prioritizing the long game. And now we are so deep in it, it's like kind of fucked in a sense. It's just like... (laughs) We we prioritized the Neymars and Mbappes, but we didn't build a midfield. We had one of the greatest defenders of this generation in Thiago Silva on our squad for years and never gave him a proper partnership, never gave him a proper number six to sit in front of there and, and, and break things down, and those are the type of things that PSG has never done. And so now with the messy thing is like with with that, I go back to the coach with that because it's like if you gave Pep Messi, oh they 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 already they already killing shit, but they would kill more shit with Messi. Like don't tell me that Pep Guardiola is not gonna bring on Messi to that Man City team and they're gonna they're gonna look worse. No, they're gonna be better. He's gonna move things around. He might, you know, go with the true number nine instead of playing a false nine and put Messi as a ten. He's gonna he's gonna make it work. And I think as far as the Messi thing, we can say it, it has been a flop thus far. Given what we should have been prioritizing, but I truly believe if we have a coach who can actually use the talent that's in front of him and do something with it, then it wouldn't be a flop. Then we we would be having a different conversation. So that that's that's one way to look at it. Uh, In terms of the other, the other hot take with Mbappe, the way I felt about it then is the same way I felt about it now. Whether we took the money or not, that man is leaving, and. If if we do, if we did take the money, I don't think it would have really made it a difference. It would have been a psychological win for PSG's like, oh, at least they didn't get him. You know, at least they didn't get over on this type of mentality. When you think about just the the friction and the in and, and, and the, the goings on with the bosses and, and Perez and, and Nasser Like from that, from this from psychological aspect, it might it might, you know, it might hurt you a little bit there. But in reality, what's 180 mil to to PSG? Like, let's keep it a bean. But, yes, it's a bad look because at at this point, everything for PSG, unless we win a Champions League, everything is a bad look. We signed Neymar. We didn't win the Champions League. It's a bad look. Mbappe, same thing with Messi. So it's going to be even worse. So I think with with that situation, I don't really have a, a difference of opinion of it The From when I had it then and until now, nothing has really changed. I think that, yeah, that man is leaving regardless. So it's more so of your ego being hurt that you didn't take the 180 when it was there, uh, you know, supposed to, you know, when you, if you would have took it and how it would have changed things. I think that part is really, it's really not, not really prevalent in that sense. Uh, But yeah, like to, to, to the, to the person who you spoke with in the discord, I think that. Yeah, they, they they might have to reevaluate some things in terms of how they watch PSG because nothing else matters other than Champions League, baby. Like the league, eh, we we can get that all day. We've been trashed this year, bro, and we still up like eight points. Like we can win the league, but that Champions League is all that matters. And if and if that's how you know the people are prioritizing it, you know, do your thing. But but yeah, no, I I think that I'm, I'm with you on the first hot take. But on the second one, my, my, my thoughts on that really hasn't changed much.
1: Yeah, man. I am hurt, bro. <laughs> I'm hurt, dog.
0: Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. <laughs> all right? Nah, I want my chips. I want my like chips with the dip, I bro. I feel nah. you, but that's just something you got to taste is, listen, that. You no, no, you're right.
1: That. And it Listen, I think for me, and then I'm going to let let James, you know, uh, touch on that because I, I have another little bit of information for James. He turned his light back on, but he's about to turn it back off in a second. Listen, I think the the point of keeping Mbappe was to see this right magnificent trio, and the football just hasn't been good, right? It, it hasn't been enjoyable to watch, um, and I think when you think about things like, again, you know, I, and some of the things are are business opportunities. I get that. I'm not naive to the business side of football versus what happens on the pitch, right? Messi is a great business move. Mbappe. Keeping him, if you win the Champions League, it's worth it. What's 180 mil to PSG to, to reach their 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 goal? I just the reason I think I think back on it now is because PSG have looked so bad, because it's it's been such a bad year. Then you look at letting go of Thiago Silva, James's best friend Ramos comes in. My man played <laughs> another 90 minute match the other day, and he's hurting. It. <laughs> He's hurt again. He's hurt again. I, I got a alert Tell- two days ago that he's 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 out again with a calf injury. Yes. Every my man can't play 90 minutes without getting hurt. Then you've got someone like Navas, right, who brings us to the to the final, right? Then we ride with him to a semifinal, right? He's done his due diligence. He's he's done the deed for the team. We're strapped for wages, but we went out and got down Aruma. Right. And that I get, right. It's a great sporting opportunity, right. To get a goalie of his caliber on a free. Um, but at the end of the day, like Julian Laron's always said, nothing is free, right. You're paying agent fees, you're paying a bunch of stuff, but these are just like minute moves that it's like PSG is constantly just going for the big name instead of trying to build a team. And if we're being real about it, when you look at QSI's project, it's been a failure, right? Like, They were supposed to, I I don't know what the exact number was, right? But they wanted to win within a certain amount of years. I don't know if it was like something between six and eight years. I I don't know. Given their
0: their time 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 frame that they gave, yeah, they have failed. Yeah, they have failed.
1: And, okay, if this was American sports, right, you're looking at what they've done. This is time for a rebuild. (laughs) <laughs> in American sports, if you're not winning in this time frame, you're you're blowing it up. You're basically having a fire sale. Once Mbappe goes, you then have Messi, who has a year left in his contract or a player option. So he's got one year max left, then he's gone. Neymar is now uh, approaching 30. Um, so we'll have him for a while, but who knows how long he can stay healthy. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like how long do you keep hold of this nucleus or... Do you just look at it and say, hey, like, this isn't working. We really have to just do a revamp here because – and restructure the whole thing, which there has been rumblings that PSG this summer is going to look to do a complete facelift of the sporting project and, you know, the locker room. And they're really going to look to get rid of those egos and and certain things and make a more, you know, harmonious locker room. But that starts with an oscar. Right. That, that starts with, with with Nasser. Right. And his ability to allow himself to be readily available to his star players and give them their phone number and, you know, overstep the coaches at every turn, you know, that all starts at the top. So he's going to really have to look in the mirror and, you know, be ready to change if he really wants to still be in charge, because there is going to come, come a time where like if we don't win, like QSI probably looks at this and just sells. And they're just like, all right, we're good, right? And who knows? That could be after the World Cup, right? Like, the big thing was to have these three players in PSG jerseys leading up to the World Cup. Well, the World Cup is this year. So if this doesn't work, who knows if they're not talking about, okay, when do we sell? When do we recoup on our investment and just get out? You know what I mean? Um, so, James, going to talk to me, you, man. Your boy is injured again, calf not cramping not my up, man. you know?
2: Not my man. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> <He not> QSI, <laughs> QSI is cutting bait. The moment that World Cup ends, man, if this project is not anywhere close to lifting that trophy, they're done. <laughs> so you think you think they sell within the next two years if they don't get close this year? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the reason being is for all of the things that you've all stated, right? The idea and the expectation was to we're talking <laughs> we're talking about winning one Champions League one. They wanted to win multiple within the decade. So to your point, it's already a failure. At least let's try to get one out of it. If not, then there's not enough messy jerseys in the world for them to continue to fund this team the way that they've been. Um, So that's one thing. Two, I didn't know Sergio Ramos was injured again.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> surprise. Uh,
2: so, you know, there's that. Uh but to to answer your your first hot take around Messi, I agree, but I agree, but it only takes one last minute extra time goal for Messi to win like Champions League for us to like change our whole tune, right? Like that. Oh, 100%, it 100%. Was, that was just for the record.
1: Just for the record, I I was on record earlier. I say. Oh no, like, you got the out. You, yeah, he is a player that, that could do that. I want to cover my bases <laughs> oh, here, no, right? No, like you,
0: you hedged. You, you definitely hedged. put that in there. But
1: oh. <laughs> yeah, you hedged. going to that well so many times, right? Like there's only so many times you can go to that well to oh, to get to get a drink, right? Before it's like, all right, it's just it's just not happening, right? And to to put our champions like listen, if, if we win a Champions League and every game comes down to like or every tie comes down to like a heart, a heart attack with Mbappe Neymar or even Messi, right? Like scoring a, a top bins worldie or like a tap in goal at the last minute. Like I'll take it. Like right? if that's what gets me, if I lose years off my life to get to that champions league due to the stress, I'll take that. Bro. Yeah. I'll take that. I know we all will, but like,
2: God, just, it just, just feels feel it,
1: like it's not going to happen. Like
2: I get it. And you just want to be able to enjoy your, your football for once. Like I look at my friends who are like, Premier League supporters and their teams are doing, you know, fairly well and they just enjoy the game. Like, I don't enjoy watching this team. It is stressful. It is painful because I don't, I don't know the conclusion. I don't feel good with the sporting uh, look of the team as I'm watching it. I can't watch a a match and say, oh yeah, we're going to win. Unless it's like a, a, you know, a league on team that's like really down bad or whatever, but that doesn't matter. Right. Like playing the top teams in Europe, I should have a certain level of confidence going into a match. I shouldn't be thinking the night before, like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to win on top of having three of the best players in the world. Full stop. So, you know, to your point of of Messi, like I get it from. a Sporting business aspect. But he does look a bit out of sorts when he's on the pitch and. This kind of also speaks to the magic of Messi. ESPN FC, for as much as they talk bad about PSG, they will not speak on Messi. They just act like he is. It's PSG and Messi's over here doing something completely different. They
1: don't want that smoke, bro. They They know he'd be listening to him. That's Jamie Carragher. Messi
0: Messi be be in the DMs. They don't want that smoke. (laughs) They never speak on him.
2: So that's a different kind of magical power that he has. But but with that again, I I wish we would have saved the cash for something else. But then at the same time, you know, save it for what? Because we just watched the transfer window come and go, and we didn't do a damn thing, even when we had the opportunity to, right? And Dumbelly going to to uh, what? He went to Lille. Um, no, he went back to to Lyon. Oh, he went to Leon. Yeah, but we couldn't sign him because we couldn't
1: we couldn't sell. That was the reason apparently. Reports were we had the money. We were even willing to take on his salary, but before we could do it, PSG needed to get rid of one or two players off the wage bill to take on his wages and and thin out the midfield. So it wasn't that we didn't have the money to get him. It was because yeah. we the midfield is too congested with too many players. That I guess Nasser yeah. or Leo was just like, no, we can't bring anyone in, Leo, until you get rid of somebody. If you can't get rid of somebody, we don't bring in anybody.
2: So, you know, for. For someone who is not, and I don't know this, but for someone who is not focused or should not be at least focused on the day-to-day goings-on of the pitch, one would think that a sporting director would know what his wage bill was in the upcoming transfer window if that is your whole damn job to know that. What are you doing for the last, what, six months? You should know this. Why is this? Like, it's cool if it's if it's news to me, but I'm not being paid to do this. You are and you don't know this. And this is your one job. And here we are. So, yeah, I don't know about the the messy signing in, in hindsight. Looks to be a little out of sorts, but all of that can change with one amazing goal. Right. The other thing with Mbappe. Listen, I had fun this summer with the with the TikTok. And 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 all of that goings on with uh Real Madrid uh, fan base, and that was insane. Every day was something, and um, that was really fun just from like a fan's perspective. Mbappe is leaving. Like, <laughs> I don't. I, this is not breaking news. I don't care what's going, what the reports are in Germany and all of that's not breaking news to me. He's leaving. Do you look look at what we're doing right now? He's leaving. He's leaving, it's and just, with the potential <laughs> to play with Aaron Erhalan? Ha- are you kidding me? Oh, my God. sir! You say Erhalan. <laughs> Come on, man! That's my guy now. That's my guy now. <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all y'all best friends. That's my guy now. That guy give him. They gotta give him his own shoe. You need yeah. to be tuned in. That's yeah, it. but like uh, Real Madrid, it, it, it's funny watching that team um, post Ronaldo, because you're looking at a side that understands that nobody comes before the shirt and we're going to retain some of our identity within this club like it is still us we i don't care if we're not in the champions league we are still real madrid period it's us and players are attracted to that even the younger guys they still believe in that look at mbappe right look at helan they're they're attracted to the idea of being able to put on that shirt and going back to an earlier point that you both were making, PSG have to create that level of identity. It cannot be, come play with us, Messi's here, Neymar's here, and Mbappe's here. Because players come and go. Well, what does it say about the crest on the shirt that players want to stand behind? That says more. And that has to be the identity for us moving forward. But we're going to have to get out of this perpetual QSI loop that we're in that is just throw money at a problem. I can tell you right now, that never works for anything in life. You can't just throw money at something. You can try, but you're gonna lose a lot of money. And that seems to be what we're doing right now. And I'm saying all of this while we're sitting number one at the top of Lee Gun. That's crazy. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's ugly. And you know that to be honest, man, it's that's like the, the double edged sword right of of liking or Loving this team, following this team, is I think when you watch other leagues, other teams, you know, and I have been on record of saying this as well. Like I'm I'm not oblivious or naive to the fact that like Liga is a lesser league to extent of other leagues. And it just feels like when Mbappe leaves, if Neymar leaves and stuff like that, Messi's eventually gone, like PSG realistically right like yes we, we do have history before them but like you kind of just fall back into being another team right like like if, if we're being real um because you, you then' think is it possible to still win and ironically enough watch watch it happen that once these players leave like and psg has a team of like you know, good players, maybe not maybe one world class player and not a bunch, that that's when they find a way, right, to, to win the yep. champions league. It just feels like that's yep. what's destined to happen. That's exactly what's gonna that, happen. And then people are always gonna be like, you see, we told you money doesn't buy champions leagues and stuff like that. So it feels like that's what would happen. But um it's tough. And people will say, you know, oh but we're number one. And I think some, you know, PSG contributors had said this earlier when we were winning, like, oh, when I was some of us were calling for Potts to be let go. At the end of the group stage, folks were like, oh, we're number one in the league We're we qualified X, Y and Z like we can't, you know, let him go. But at the end of the day, you have to sometimes try and pinpoint a problem before it festers and becomes more of an issue. And I think it came out recently that PSG did try to move on from Potch in January, but it just wasn't feasible, whether it be money, whether it be finding the, the you know, person to take over that they wanted, which most likely was Zidane, and just not being able to seal that deal. Um, so clearly there was interest in in doing so. So yeah, it's going to be a really interesting summer. Um, I also believe that Mbappe is leaving. I, I believe that I hate to say it, right? Because Mbappe is my guy. Uh, and don't get it twisted. People are going to hate me. Um, but I'll be tuned in. I'll be tuned in when when my boy Kiki is as at the burn about you know the new Bernabeu I'm gonna be tuned in and um, I'm just a fan of the game I love the game right so it doesn't mean that my my love for the team or PSG or the crest um, differs you know but but I love the game and and me and John talked about this last week with you know some fans saying that they skipped over the part of the the romantata in the Neymar documentary like yes I was sick that day you know like truly sick I probably could have like Yet that day like that's how like distraught i was when i watched that live um but looking back at it like we'll probably never see something like that again you know what i mean so um i believe he's leaving i believe this talk recently about him being open to a one to two year short-term extension i don't fully buy it i, I just think he's I think he's playing the game. I think Killian has showed us that he is a smart kid um, and he knows how to play the media. He knows how to get people on his side. I don't think he's dumb enough to just come out and say he's leaving. I also think that's why this whole thing on the 50 mil. While I do find it weird that a team from Germany or a paper from Germany is who leaked this info and not a Spanish news outlet, maybe it's someone in Spain putting it out there so it didn't come from them um, to not ruin that relationship, that Mbappe came out pretty f- quickly, not him, but his entourage denying the claims, right? Because he did promise a couple of weeks ago that he wouldn't mention anything till after this tie is over. Um, and that also on the flip side could be a tactic from someone in Spain to kind of try and, you know, uh, destabilize, right, PSG right before a match and, and get them in their heads and get the fan base. So um, I definitely do think that Within soccer, more than any other sport, the journalists and the media outlets do play a, a part of the game, right? It's it's one of the crazier sports when it comes to media and how they interact. So, um, yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting summer. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of hurt PSG fans, but hopefully, you know, out of the fire, you know, comes a new project, um, a new sporting project with uh, – new players and new names to get excited about and just a team right i just want to get back to playing like good football like james said i just want to get back to playing good attractive football um shout out to you know another psg talk contributor carl bro i follow carl on social media and my man is struggling with psg bro Every tweet, he's just like, yo, this team. I hate watching this team, and I feel him, man. I feel him. It's it's tough to watch. I think yesterday when the game was on, he he tweeted like, hey, I forgot that there was even a game on today. Like <laughs> he turned on at 20th minute, and he was just like, yo, you know what? Like someone tweet me when Javi and Michu come on, because I don't want to watch this shit no more. <laughs> and I think that I think that that's how a majority of the fan base feels right now. I feel like a lot of us just don't enjoy watching them, and like we're just watching football just to watch it. And I feel like I'm in a place where I'm just watching it so that we can talk about it, but I don't like turn the game on. Like, Oh, this is going to be fun. It's more like turning the the game on and being like, I'm about to just watch more of the same. And I know when I turn the game off, it's going to be either we
2: scrape by or we're going to lose. And I'm just going to be like, this is what I expected. Man, they're going to jump on us for being all doom and gloom like this. I'm already knowing
1: yeah hey listen man i'm I'm a
2: realist bro i'm not i'm not living in a world of of rainbows
1: and sunshine but like i said we all know that and we mentioned it right that that this team can win games but people have continued to tell us that this team is going to turn around they are going to find their form they are going to do what needs to be done and we're in february now we're now officially when the draw happened and we were doom and gloom we said a lot can change in two months we're now officially two weeks away from this game Nothing has
2: changed. Nothing has changed. This team reminds me a lot of the Los Angeles Lakers right now. Like you got a lot of talent.
0: Oh man!
2: Quite a bit of it is aging. Everyone's saying they're gonna turn around and find that gear, and I don't. Then they must have left the gear at home because it's just <laughs> not. It's not don't happening.
0: Even, don't even get me started on that because I'm. I- Both of my teams are in the same situation. I'm a Lakers fan and a PSG fan. So it's just Oh, my God. I didn't even okay. Well, it's it's a long team. Watch PSG come out and like win the first leg of this
1: Real Madrid. Excuse me. Watch PSG come out and win the first leg of this Real Madrid thing like 3-0. And then people are in our DMs like, told you, doom and gloom. Listen, I I would love that.
0: I'll, yeah. I'll it. I mean, yeah. I would love it, too. But like, even if they do come out and do that, I think it's a false narrative. It's it's a farce because nothing up until now has led us to believe that that's what we're going to get. And that's this thing about journalism and podcasts and the things that we're doing right now is just that we can only speak on what we've seen thus far. And what we've seen thus far is that we're nowhere near close to Bayern yeah. in terms of like a cohesiveness and team identity. We're not close to a city, even Real Madrid. Like we're we're not on that level. Like you, like you have you watched us play recently, bro? Like it's 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 nasty. The the yeah. last match we played, not not this cut match, the one before that. That was the first time where I actually enjoyed the match. We scored, like four goals. Variety had a brace. Like that was cool to see. Lucky goals too. Right, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 not. There's nothing clinical. Like even Laurent Blanc had a team going and like scoring goals and Unai Emery and and. But like this guy just can't seem to get these guys going, and I, and I think we're in every conversation we have, we're gonna come back to this this coaching decision. And I know people don't want to talk about Thomas Tuchel, and you might have not liked how he what what he did, but that man got us the farthest. That man had this team disciplined. That you watched the, in the Neymar documentary. Neymar mentioned. After that pandemic break, they came back. The team was stronger than ever, and he talked about how much respect he had for Tuchel. That's the first time you've seen that team look like a team. It felt like a team. Like we like yeah, we could actually do this. I don't feel like that right now. I don't nah, dog. It's, if, if we if we go out and, and whoop up on Madrid, cool, but you're going to have to prove it again in the next round with whoever that that opponent is. You we're going to have the Whenever Marquinhos walks up that podium and lifts up that trophy, that's when I believe it.
2: Even then. (laughs) #Tukul
1: man, #Tukul man, that was my guy. I think, yeah, even Neymar said it. Like he would die for Tukul. Like that's the relationship that he had, right? And um, it's unfortunate, but all right. Enough about this. Not that the next topic it gets any brighter. Um, So touch very briefly on the cup match. I'm not going to really dive into the match itself. I think we all know pretty bad performance. Um, Mbappe comes on second half, things start to pick up. We definitely had chances, but overall, it was just an ugly game um, all over the place, midfield, back line all over the place. And then it comes down to penalties. And I think the biggest talking point, you know, which I am curious to get your guys' opinion on is, you know, can Pembe with the armband on? and the senior players that were still available letting Javi Simmons take that penalty with the penalty on, on, or with the game on the line um, and not maybe putting him in a position where to take a penalty, where if he misses it, the game wouldn't be over, right? Maybe um, Nice would have had to go score there. So at least allow that. Um, But more importantly, like one thing that I was very curious about um, was Pache's statements after, right? And again, I'm, I think that this is a, an opportunity where someone comes out and and takes ownership to take some of that blame or pressure off of Javi. Because let's be honest, right? Like that situation there, you're an 18 year old kid, you lose a cup match. And while I don't think anyone's too bent out of shape about the cup match, I do think it was what PSG's opportunity to win its 10th or take the lead in in most um, Coupe de France titles in, in France. But also just like some, You know, 18-year-olds can't come back from that mentally. You know, you feel like you let the team down. You feel like you let the fan base down. You have to be a very strong-minded person to get past that. And Tuchel, I mean, sorry, not Tuchel, really just didn't take any ownership of it. Apparently, he's quoted as saying, we took the decision on the first five takers. We thought we'd win with those first five takers. Then the decision was taken um, on player feeling. Javi Simmons was not my decision. So he basically just took it as like, You know, like that's on the players and on the pitch. Like I had nothing to do with it. I just felt like that was an opportunity for him to kind of just get in front of it, be the shield for your team and then deal with it in the locker room. Now, would it have leaked that he didn't choose that? Yes. But I just didn't feel like that was a time for him to just be like, oh, that's not on me. That's on them. Right. Because now people are going to be searching around for like, you know, whose decision was it? And most likely it was compendies. Right. Like you're the captain there. Um, so whose decision was it? So just want to get your guys take on Xavi taking that penalty, what you think it does for him. And then also Pacha's comments on, you know, the fact that he wasn't involved in that.
0: Yeah, I I think that, first of all, Xavi Simmons strikes me as a sh- don't know the kid personally, but just looking at his demeanor, how he carries himself. And even after he missed that, that free kick, that penalty, like he didn't seem down on himself again. I didn't see, you know, the camera wasn't on him the whole time where I can see how he reacted as he walked off the pitch, but he, he didn't like automatically like put his head down and get on the ground and start crying and get all emotional. Number one, because it's a cut match and I'm not trying to be dismissive of the importance of the, of the, of the cup, but it's just like, yeah, bro, we've won it a million times, and and it, it's whatever. Uh, but I, I I don't I think that he you're right that 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 missing a kick in that situation in any game can be disheartening, disheartening, and it can affect you in the long run. It can be traumatizing. But he strikes me as a kid that he has, you know, he he can he can deal with that. He he's good with that, like because he knows he's he's a phenomenal talent, and he's gonna he's gonna learn from that. And I and I don't. And I don't doubt at all that the, the guys galvanized around him and and you know gave him positive words and, and, and said the, the right things in that situation. Uh, and it's uh, fortunately it wasn't like the situation we had in the World Cup with the with the with the English players where there was no abuse afterwards because that could have elevated the thing and made it even worse. But in terms of Pochettino, the thing I don't understand is, bro, nobody. Ca- Like, okay, I'm not going to say nobody cared about it, but I think him even speaking on that made it a situation. I think this was going to go away. Like, Xavi missed the shot. It's cool. Kid will learn from it. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have took the kick, but I'm pretty sure him as a baller, as a player, he wanted to take that. But you mentioning the fact of the decision-making that goes into it, now you bring on a whole nother problem that wasn't even on the surface, like something that... Nobody was really even trying to to, 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 to decipher or to discern and, and see why he he kicked it or why this other player didn't kick it or whatever the case may be. So I think from Pacha's perspective, it was like, bro, why would you even say that, number one? And then why is that if you do speak on it, why is that the thing that you say, bro? Like your only job to, is to get up there and, and and say something good about the player. Like, to, to big him up and to tell him that, you know, it it was... I, I read uh, Christopher Gautier's comments after. That's what you were supposed to say. Gautier said he's a young kid, he wanted to take the shot, and he missed it, but he'll learn from it. That's all you needed to say. You ain't had to get up there and, and spill, bro. Like, that was completely unnecessary, and I think by him saying that, that created an issue. Like, it was, it was essentially a non-issue in my eyes because it's just a cut match, but by him... Saying that now you actually made it an issue. Now we questioning in your coaching skills, which already been you know in the fire. We are already iffy about you, and then you come out here and say some wild shit like that. It's just like, yeah, now we see why there's no cohesiveness in the locker room. You over here placing blame on other people than yourself when you the manager, you the you the boss, but you sitting here pretty much placing blame on the situation that happened to an 18 year old kid, bro. It's just, it's just a bad look. I think that. Mm-hmm him speaking on it just made the situation worse than it needed. had even had to be.
2: I think um, it's, it's very hard to win over a locker room, but it's very easy to lose it. Sure. Um, and when you are a coach and you punch down on your young players, it sends a message across the locker room to all of the senior players that your your empathy and your care are flipping if you will
0: mm-hmm.
2: it costs you nothing to stand up and support that kid and i i think you you mentioned it earlier john let, let, me, let me say something about shabby simmons y'all know how high i am on shabby simmons <laughs> yeah I've been banging the drum on this kid for the last six years. He's him. Yeah. At every level that this kid has been on, he's been him full stop. All he do is ball. Yeah. So the reaction that y'all saw after he took that penalty, consummate professional. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just who he is as a player. That's why it's so frustrating to see him on the bench. Barcelona didn't have this kid in their camp for no reason. He's really him. He just needs time because he's all of 18 years old. I wasn't a fully realized human being until like last week. Like, (laughs) it's going to take some time. But you support those players. But again, that goes back to our conversations about how PSG treats its youth players. They're disposable. In, when in reality, we need them more than we need that garbage midfield that we have. The audacity of you to sit up there and say, "Well, I didn't make the decision on on the on the lineup after the fifth man, so it was really up to the players. Even if that's true, shut
0: up. Exactly.
2: There's this certain business that's not supposed to be spoken about outside of the locker room. There's a code across all sports. And for the life of me, I have no reason why I I don't understand why you couldn't say something very quick. A, much like you say, John, A, he took the penalty. He missed it. That's just a sport. That's just how it happens. I think Ferrari says something to that degree. Mm -hmm. Penalties are like a lottery. You know, he'll bounce back from it. He'll be okay. Move on. Why do you have to take a shot at that kid? Is there some kind of underlying thing when it comes to some business dealings? If so, that's even that's even worse of a situation. Um, but you know, as as we've all said now, he'll be fine. First of all, I don't, y'all. I'm not even gonna speak on Kim Pembe. But um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna speak on Kim man, because y'all you already know. I gotta turn the light off again in that game. Should not go to penalties. And that's not taking away from our opponent. Great squad. Fearless. Had a great game plan. That game should not go to pens. We had two shots on target. Excuse me? And let me say this. Speak on it. Speak on it. it. Lionel Messi was playing in that game. He was playing. 90 minutes. Mbappe came in in the second half. I don't want to hear we didn't have a full squad. <laughs> if Lionel Messi cannot get it done in 90 minutes against a, a team, you don't even know the starting lineup of that team. You can't pronounce their names. You don't know not one of them. We couldn't get it done? This this is not on Xavi Simmons. This is not a penalty shootout kind of game. If you want to save that kind of rhetoric for Marseille or whatever in the final? Maybe, but even there, we need to get the job done. This team tends to be too preoccupied with what comes next. And that squad, you can tell in their body language, you can tell in their manner- mannerisms, they did not expect to lose that match. Their minds, their you know thoughts were already in the final. They were already there. And you sleep on the people that are in front of you, and then you end up getting punched in the mouth and now everybody's looking for the X's. Now everyone's scapegoating. And that's what you saw on that podium. I'm sure Pochettino would take it back if he could after actually thinking about what the hell he said. You blamed an 18-year-old? Dude, Lionel Messi was playing. <laughs> Kylian Mbappe was playing. Are you kidding me? And you're blaming a kid who you won't even give quality minutes to. Ain't that a damn shame? You won't even give him quality minutes and then you expect him to step up there and take a penalty. You got it, boss. You got it. I hope you enjoy the rest of this season, because it's going to be your last at PSG. Promise you that.
1: Thank you for, uh,
2: thank you guys for tuning in
1: to this week's episode of Mr. Carter at the podium. It's appreciated. Right. It's been a while. That's the first, that's the first podium session of, the, of 2022. Uh, but no, I, I, I think we're all on the same page. I, to be fair to Paco, I don't think he blamed Javi. I think he was more shielding himself. Like, this wasn't my choice to put him in that situation. That was their decision. I don't think he was placing blame on him for the loss. I think he was more shielding himself for an 18-year-old being put in that position in the first place. And it was more like, all right, let me protect myself from the media as opposed to let me jump in front of this and then I'll just defend my players. You know, that was an opportunity for him to defend Javi and not um, kind of deflect, I guess, in a sense. So, but, you know, I I agree. And I think, you know, uh, a couple like last things to just kind of wrap up um, and James kind of, you know, uh, mentioned one of them already. Basically, club management has apparently informed Posh that uh, his okay. This is not even a paraphrase. This is quote: Uh, club management has informed Pochettino that his adventure at PSG will end at the end of the summer. So he will officially be out of here. Um, I would assume that he will be at Manchester United or another project. And then, you know, on the other side of you know of that of the coin, you know, French team. is apparently Zidane's number one priority. Uh, He's always, you know, wanted to coach the French national team. But if PSG does meet his conditions, it's a role that he would be very interested in. And the main condition would be the removal of Leonardo. And with that being said, there were reports today that Leonardo has been reportedly telling those around him that his days at PSG are numbered as well. So a lot to happen. Um, One of the names that has surfaced already is Luis Campos who has apparently been very interested in the PSG job um, previously, you know, the last couple of years, if you guys don't know him, give a little plug to um, breaking the lines. They are um, a team over there that does, I think podcasts, but mainly they do, um, you know, article pieces and they actually wrote uh, a piece on Luis Campos and the rise of football's most underrated sporting director. If you guys aren't too familiar with him, he was responsible for the Monaco team that went to semifinals responsible for hiring the likes of or signing the likes of Mbappe um, and, you know, a bunch of others, Falcao and a bunch of other folks on that Monaco team. And then most recently, after leaving Um, Monaco he was quoted as saying I don't want to appear arrogant but I assure you I will create another masterpiece like this in my career he then went on to um, be the sporting director of Lille who dethroned PSG last year Um, someone who's very savvy with you know operating within financial constraints and has been known to be someone who you know his philosophy is bring in quality young players at a low price and sell them for a higher price, something that PSG has struggled to do um, in years past. So a name to keep an eye on. Um, Again, it's going to be a very interesting summer for PSG with a lot of turnover, I think, a lot of people going out and a lot of new faces coming in. But that's it, you know? Blow it up. Another another somber podcast. We we do apologize. Um, (laughs) But we're just keeping it real with you guys. We're here to keep it real. We're we're not here to... um, To pull the wool over your eyes or or paint this picture right of of something that's happening that isn't happening right so when things are going great we'll talk about things that are going great when things are somber and and kind of uh in a more depressed state we have to just we have to just just live that you know james now is his mic's off and he's he's popping the uh the, the bubble wrap. He's popping bubble wrap. That's what you know he, that's his vice now to relieve stress when watching <laughs> PSG. I think he actually watches PSG games with a sheet of bubble wrap with next the to him. bubble wrap. <laughs> with the bubble wrap next to him to, to relieve stress. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Hey, I, I, would, I, would ask
0: PSG, I would ask PSG fans it's like, given what you watched the last year, like what do we have to get up here to be cheerful about? <laughs> like other than Messi being on the team, like you deserve better. You deserve <laughs> like, more. Yeah, we gonna keep it a book with you all the yeah. time. We're gonna have to start
1: imp- implementing like live questions from like maybe move this to Twitch some every once in a while and have live questions so we can debate with some of the PSG faithful and and ask have them ask questions and or answer questions that they want to see because I think it would be great to see some of them like interact with us and ask questions and, and also challenge us right because like right here we're in a safe space which we don't all, all have the same views there are things that we um differ on but for the most part we do feel the same way about the current state of phd and, and there may be some out there that feel differently right that, that are more upbeat and I would, I would love to hear that so but um that's it for this week uh james great to have you back bro i um, glad that, that the move went well Glad that you're back. You know, your first episode of 2022. John, always a pleasure. Um, any closing remarks for you guys? Anything that you guys want to leave the uh, leave the audience with before we get out of here? No? Yeah, <laughs> well, go watch that
2: Neymar documentary on hey, Netflix. If you go haven't watch watched that. that,
1: if you haven't watched oh, my, my dog Ney, as I said, if you don't respect and don't appreciate Neymar, you don't like football. That's it. Yeah. I, I stand by that. Whenever you di- whatever you feel about him, you know, from a um, personality perspective, but just from the pure gift of playing the game of football, um, dude is, He's dude is his next level. He's next level. So I can't wait to see him back on the pitch. Um, hopefully we get him back shortly. Most likely we'll probably get to see his very first game be the Champions League game against Real Madrid, which just seems to be our luck. Woo.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah Spooky that's,
1: that's so, but Yeah. <laughs> Well, as I always say, stay safe, be well, and until next time, peace out.